Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Podcast. I'm your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita, broadcasting solo from deep behind Emmy lines south of the border. Justin, the hillbilly boy Campbell, has abandoned me this week. I don't know exactly what uh, what the reasoning was. Just too busy. Some family stuff came up. So we let him take another, an additional week off. But um, of course, of course, the week he takes off is just the most ridiculous week possibly of the year. You know, a lot of stuff seems to be coming to a head before the 2023 wraps up. Now, we just had a bunch of ridiculous things to talk about this week that I was really hoping to get into um, some great live show material. And I guess it's just not going to happen. So no live show. We didn't record on Tuesday. It's now Thursday. I was like, all right, I'll do I'll do one episode this week solo, I guess. And I think I'm going to put out a couple of other little uh, rants or something for the Substack group, the paid subscribers to the Substack. That will probably come in the next, uh, maybe maybe tomorrow or something like that. I There's just, I'm not even sure where to start, man. But I, I just find it fucking hilarious that every time Justin's like, ah, I can't do, I can't, I need this week off or I can't do this or we can't do that. It, something inevitably ridiculous happens. And of course, like the biggest story I think is, well, it's debatable because this, this does seem to reek of unbelievable distraction like distraction on a level we've never fucking seen before you know a lot of times when they do when some big story is breaking right they'll bury it on a on friday afternoon or something and then they'll uh, you know they'll come up with some other story to grab your attention and and take give the corporate press an excuse not to talk about story a and they focus on story B, which story B nobody really cares about, but that's how they, you know, they sort of shift the narrative in that direction. So we got a lot of interesting things going on right now. And there's a history of of this, you know, each time each time something Hunter Biden related comes up, they would drop a new indictment on Donald Trump, that kind of thing. And now, of course, Hunter Biden's been indicted and they're they're dropping more Trump stuff. He's just been taken off the ballot in Colorado, which is something that a lot of us have kind of known was a very strong possibility of happening. It's still just kind of surreal to watch it happen and <laughs> to watch it play out, even though we're all kind of expecting it. 
you know it's like that what's that meme where they're just like i forget who who it is it's like a group of guys and then they're talking about like all right and now tell him to like do this ridiculous thing and see if he actually does it and he does it and then they all re react to it you know that's kind of how this feels like we're just like all right what's like the most ridiculous blatant corruption thing that we could see happening to donald trump and it's like oh yeah they'll impeach him and then when those fail they'll uh they'll indict him and then when those fail they'll just take him off the ballot and not that the indictments haven't completely failed yet but i, I mean all of these charges are just so goddamn thin and they get thinner and thinner and more frivolous with each passing accusation i mean this this thing in Colorado to read into the 14th amendment that um, that somehow applies to Donald Trump and the January 6th insurrection of which he's never been charged with insurrection. He's never been, not only has he not been charged with it, but he hasn't been, well, obviously he hasn't been convicted of it. If he hasn't been charged, nobody, nobody that was there on January 6th has been charged with insurrection or convicted of insurrection or a coup d'etat or whatever they're you know whatever they're trying to like trying to overthrow the government or something nobody's been charged with that and nobody's been convicted of that and yet they're saying that the the 14th amendment which was originally i mean i know we went over this on on a previous podcast so you can go back and listen to that but it was it goes back to the civil war right and what they were trying to avoid by like with the the wording of the 14th amendment was these so-called traitors and I, I don't consider them traitors at all um uh, we can get in we can get into that in a second here but the people that were fighting for the confederacy who had expressed disdain for the union and wanted to leave the union it was designed to prevent them from, you know, taking office in the union. All those people are long since dead. None of those people are alive anymore. And nobody has led a civil war against uh, the the union or the United States since. So um, the idea that this somehow applies, you can read it into it. Donald Trump's situation is just absolutely ridiculous. But so we've got that. And we've got this fucking fag taking it up the ass in the Senate, in the Senate hearing room. Ugh, God, I mean, <laughs> I'm a little conflicted about this because on the one hand, it has provided amazing, hilarious memes. On the other hand, it's absolutely fucking disgusting. You know, I, I have always, I have sat through hours and hours and hours of the most boring mundane idiotic thing like debates i will sit down and i will watch these debates just so that i can cover it on the podcast i have never shied away from gruesome videos like i watched all the um what the October 7th stuff. I mean, I've, I've seen, you know, all kinds of gruesome videos, like, you know, people breaking legs, people getting shot, people getting stabbed, people getting hit by trucks and blowing up, blowing themselves, all, all kinds of stuff like that. 
I can stomach that. It's no problem. I cannot watch gay sex, dude. I don't care. You can call me whatever name you want. I did not watch that video. I I saw the memes and I used my imagination and I got the gist of it. I I can't, dude, there is like some visceral reaction to men having fucking sex that is just absolutely disgusting. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you do. If that's your thing, that's fine. I've always said more chicks for me. But like I can't fucking watch it. I don't ugh. I can't do it, man. There's and the vast majority of straight men will tell you this exact same thing. It is absolutely disgusting. Um it just it just is. I don't know. We have this I would rather watch somebody's brains be fucking splattered. Uh, across a wall than watch two gay dudes have uh, fucking get it on. Um, I, I I don't know what that is, but it's natural. I can assure you that. <laughs> so nobody can accuse me of uh, fucking not being natural or so. Like it's just a natural, innate, visceral reaction that we have. It's not conditioned. It's just it is what it is. Um, it's not homophobia. I'm not afraid of them. I just don't want to watch it. It grosses me out. And uh, it's just absolutely disgusting behavior. Even if it was two straight people banging on the the uh, the Senate hearing floor or whatever. It's just like, it's such a great, just an amazing, um, meta, I don't know if metaphor is the right word, but just display of where we are as a nation right now. Um, not that this hasn't been going on forever like these these fucking degenerates all this debauchery in washington dc but like i mean these are these are well-known fucking pedophiles they have an, their own island uh well they're they're down one island i'm sure they have another one a reserve island or something where they've been hanging out since all the epstein stuff which by the way another story breaking in that regard but I mean, the idea that these people in Washington, D.C., the Bohemian Grove, uh, Epstein's Island, like these these are fucking disgusting, generous. These are vile people. That's why they're in Washington, D.C. Don't don't you understand that this this line of work attracts this type of person? And this idea that i don't know these guys thought it was a good idea to fucking film each other fucking fucking them up the ass on on the fucking set and then posting it to like web what in what fucking world is that considered moderately acceptable behavior and i heard i heard somebody i think maybe it was it was tim pool or somebody else was making this point where it's just like oh they just don't they don't have any um they don't have any respect for the the government or this presidency, and, and that's why they felt like they could get away with doing it. No, no, that's not what it is. That's not what it is at all. They're, they're just like, dude, they've been a protected class my entire life, and it's just getting more and more of a protected class. Like, There's a reason why straight people aren't banging on the Senate hearing floor and filming it and posting it to fucking websites. Because there was, there would be zero percent chance 
that you'd be able to get away with this or that you'd even be revered for it. Like these guys thought that they would be fucking cheered because, you know, they're celebrating their faggotry. It's unbelievable, dude. I, I can't, I don't understand why people are so proud of where they lay their pipe. I, I, I mean, like what? First of all, how is that your identity? And why is it a sense of pride? Like you're proud of that? You're proud of fucking having some dude stick his dick up your ass on camera? What's to be proud of? Like, Jesus fucking Christ. But they did this because they think they can get away with anything. And why shouldn't they? They've been, they've been getting away with all kinds of shit for decades. People are just afraid to speak out against it. They're afraid because you'll be labeled a homophobe or anti-LGBTQIA+. I, I beg your pardon. 2S. Can't forget the two spirits. 2S LGBTQIA+. I don't know what the plus is for. I mean, I feel like they've got everything else in there. Just say not straight white men and we're good. But yeah, I mean, they've been on a fucking hot streak of debauchery for the better part of 20 years. So why wouldn't they think that they could fucking film gay butt sex on the Senate floor and not, and not get away with it? I mean, it's like, it reminds me of that, that Bill Burr joke back when Bill Burr was fucking funny and, uh, he didn't just become a cock for his cunt of a wife. Um, I'm really going off on this podcast though. <laughs> anyway, um, when he had that, that joke about, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and he was so fuck, it was so fucking funny about how, you know, nobody understood why he was banging his maid in his own bed because she was like so ugly or whatever. And he's just like, of course, like, why wouldn't he think he could get away with it? Dude's been fucking crushing it since the 90s or whatever. <laughs> oh, man. You should go check out that. Uh, the old Bill Burr stuff is fucking great. Uh, his last two specials, like, they had their moments, but he's just been... Uh, in my humble opinion, he's been on the decline and there's, we got some up and coming comedians. I mean, he'll always be, he'll always hold a special, uh, special place in my stand up heart, but I I've never been able to stand his wife. His wife was always just this fucking dumb bitch that would get involved. Like, and he kept getting her involved in this pod. I would listen to his Monday, Monday morning podcast. And he's like, Hey Nia, come in here. Let me get your opinion. And her opinion was always just fucking dog shit. And she just has that obnoxious voice, that uh, like valley girl way of talking voice. I don't know. It reminds me of like Clueless or something. It's just like fucking obnoxious. Can't stand her. And it was never able to. And uh, I just lost a lot of respect for the guy when he decided to marry that. And I don't know. Seems like he's, he's lost a step over the years. But anyway, I digress. Um, I think the reason these guys thought that they, I think on some level, they thought they would be fucking celebrated, dude. They had to have thought that, oh, it's so brave, you know, putting your ass out there, literally so brave. Uh, yeah, it's, it's absolutely fucking disgusting. It's again, we were just talking about this on the last Friday live podcast, the juxtaposition of the Biden Christmas decorations to the, the Trump Christmas decorations, the Biden White House, like this liberal fucking progressive government is a fucking shit show, dude. 
It's a clown world. They would say, you know, again, they're fucking the, the best projectors of all time. Remember, Donald Trump was the embarrassing one. Right. It was so embarrassing. You know, he had these tweets and he would say stupid things and he would call women fat pit, only Rosie O'Donnell. But he would just like talk about people's looks and he would he would always say like the fucking the funniest things. I, I thought they were hilarious. I mean, they're he always he speaks at like a fourth grade level, which is again why it's so goddamn funny. And he would just call people out on things, he'd call out the press. He would rip on people, whatever. Like that was that was the the pinnacle of embarrassment. We must get him out of there and restore decency to the White House. Wasn't that Joe Biden's thing? A return to normalcy and decency and grace in the White House? This is yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Again, just fucking he nailed that like he nailed Bidenomics from decency remember like uh was it last year i think or maybe it was early all these years are just kind of blending together into one long fucking clown show but when they had fucking trannies on the white house lawn pulling their fucking fake tits out <laughs> i mean i'm just so glad i was joking about it on twitter you know as we come into the end of the year here and you look back at the previous year and you look back at the year to come and you start reflecting on things. And I'm just, I'm just really glad that we were able to restore class, decency, normalcy back in Washington, D.C. Uh, mission accomplished, as they say. Love, I love all the fucking coverage from the corporate press about this. Um, I, I just pulled up, like, I just Googled it, right? Just to see, because the top stories are always going to be NBC, CNN, MSNBC. Um, Everything is alleged. The alleged. <laughs> the purported sex tape. I mean, what we all fucking saw. Well, I didn't see it. I saw a screenshot and I saw some memes and that was plenty. But I'm going to go way out on a limb here and say it's not alleged when you're on tape doing it. Jesus Christ. The alleged. Senator disappointed in staffer allegedly filmed sex in the year what he didn't allegedly film it it's been filmed the guy's been identified i don't know if they got the guy that was actually doing the filming um but yeah i love all this accused of allegedly purported yeah yeah somehow that always all goes out the window when it when it's uh donald trump and uh january sixers <laughs> no benefit of the doubt given to them but yeah, you're literally on tape, get, taking it up the ass, and then you post said tape to the interwebs, trying to get fucking cheered on by your retarded, retarded LGBTQIA plus community. And it, it backfires, <laughs> pun intended, and you end up getting fucking fired. <laughs> they fired this guy, and it's still, allegedly, he was filming, and allegedly, he was taking up, no. He was taking it up the ass. You guys don't know how to, you keep using these fucking words and you don't know how to use them. Stop it. Allegedly. Get the fuck out of here, allegedly. God damn, man. It's so fucking frustrating. Oh, I almost forgot like the most, the most, uh, yeah, ridiculous coverage. Like, like I said, 
I I always thought that he was thinking that he would get away with this because he was doing something brave, right? Taking it up the ass is the ultimate in bravery. But yeah, I flagged this thing from Clown World on Twitter, and this is an article. Fired for his act of love in the Senate is the, is the title. Yeah. Um, I don't even know how to fucking say this guy's name. Aiden something or other. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. Uh, his act was symbolic and brave because in a world full of hate, displays of love are rebellious. We shouldn't bend to a party that hates. We must do the opposite. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is the fucking, this is the clown world we live in. Fired for his, uh, his, his act of love. I was, uh, my joke to that on Twitter was he was fired for his act of love because the government hates competition, right? The, the implication being they do the fucking, okay? The government has always been doing the fucking in DC. You don't get to come in here and do some fucking of your own. No, no. That's reserved for the federal government and they hate competition. So uh, bend over, you bend over, you take it up the ass from Washington. Uh, you don't get to bend over in Washington and take it up the ass from somebody else. But yeah, this is why wouldn't he think that he would be able to get away? I bet you he didn't think he would get fired for this. And you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if he's going to sue them now for like discrimination or something because he's gay. I don't understand. I can't see why one decent gay person would want to be lumped in with that fucking freak show of alphabet soup. The ones that are dressing up as fucking women and reading fucking books to little children. They're stripping for little children, getting little children put on little dance shows and shit. Filming themselves, taking it up the ass in government buildings. Why would you want to be a part of that? Ugh. It's such a degenerate, like they just engage in so much degenerate behavior. It's like for the sake of being degenerate, it's a weird thing. You know, it's like I'm old enough to remember when they just wanted to be kind of left alone and allowed to do what, you know, date who they want to date, marry who they want to marry, whatever. But they weren't like flaunting their gay sex in your face all the time. That came after like the vast majority of people were like, you know what? You're right. Do what you want to do. I'll do what I want to do. Also, you know, go ahead. Just fucking, we don't care anymore. Like, we're not interested. And it's like, they have to keep us interested in them. It's like, the, the, the attention has to be on them. The focus has to be on them. And we're like, yeah, we don't care. Go ahead. Go date whoever you want to date. Nobody cares anymore. Just shut up about it. And they're like, shut up about it. I'll show you about shutting up about it. We're going to come after your fucking kids now. We're going to give them hormone blockers and teach them that there's 82 genders and all this other shit. And then we're going to film ourselves getting taken up the ass on the Senate floor. If that's not enough, we'll dress up like women and pull out our fake tits on the on White House lawn. I realized I just reversed those events, but you you get what I'm saying. It's like they have they won't accept victory. It's like they have to keep they have to keep the focus on them. They have to keep this fight going, and they have to just keep one upping it because the vast majority of people made their peace with the gayness 20 years ago. And I was like, well, we can't just stop this parade that we're on right now. We have to keep escalating. It's a weird. It's a very weird impulse. <laughs> Anyway, speaking of gay, is Harvard president Claudine Gay, who that's just that's her last name. 
I guess it's a woman. I, I think, well, I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to uh, assume the gender here. But I wouldn't be surprised if she was gay as well. She's a double gay. But she has been in the news for a number of a number of things. There was some hearing, I guess, that was going on where they were being asked if, you know, about all these crazy uh, Palestinian protests and things that were going on around campuses and how they were calling for the genocide of Jews. And her and some of her other Ivy League administrators refused to admit that calling for the genocide of Jews was wrong, was considered like abusive, was considered uh, like a violation of their, whatever their uh, conduct policy was, you know, their speech conduct, you know, it's like you can't fucking uh, verbally assault somebody. And they, apparently this didn't qualify to them. Like it was the fucking most ridiculous thing. I don't want to get into it because I, I actually heard it on part of the problem. So you can go, if you haven't already, go listen to that episode that uh, Dave and, and Robbie the Fire did. But uh, they, they did a great job of covering it. So there's no need for me to rehash it here. But if you ever want to just watch these these people do retarded mental gymnastics, Ask them, yeah, ask them a question like this, where it's like they have to, again, their entire worldview is based on the oppressed versus the oppressors. And now you have two formerly oppressed groups squaring off. And who whose side do you take, right? The Jews or the Palestinians? And in this case, like they're bending over backwards to make excuses to make it okay for. Palestinian protesters to call for even the genocide of Jews, even if they weren't doing, I'm not sure if they were actually were doing that or if this is a hypothetical, but they wouldn't even answer the hypothetical. It was like absolutely fucking hilarious watching them do that. So anyways, this, this, uh, president gay has been in the, in the spotlight now because she's obviously a fucking token hire for Harvard. She has shitty credentials, relatively speaking. Um, I have some of that from the great Tom Woods. I found I saw something he posted on Twitter, which was uh, which was pretty great. And so she's got lackluster. I'll say lackluster, right? Lackluster credentials. She's clearly a dim bulb, based on um, what you've been hearing her testify. And now she's been credibly. This is uh, from the New York Times. New York Times comes out with a scathing article analyzing five instances of plagiarism committed by President Gay. She's been credibly accused of more than 40 acts of plagiarism during her tenure at Harvard, during which the university secretly investigated, threatened journalists over, and ultimately concluded it was no big deal, clearing her of breaching Harvard's standards for research misconduct. So apparently you can just fucking plagiarize work and get tenure at Harvard. This is where we are now in this fucking clown world of diversity, equity, and inclusion. If you're black, if you're a woman, if you're gay, if you're any one of those uh, letters in the ever-expanding 2SLGBTQIA plus community, or you're some other um, historically oppressed group, 
Forget it. Like, you could just do whatever you want. Again, which is why these guys thought that they could bang each other up the ass and get away with it. Because these they've been getting away with everything. It's like, again, like the fucking, that great family guy scene with the, with the fucking tranny at the bar. And the bartender's like, hey, you know, you can't watch porn on your phone at the bar. And he says, it's okay, I'm transgender. And he's like, oh, okay, well, then in that case, do whatever you want all the time. Because right, we can't say anything. If we say anything, they cry racism, homophobia, sexism, you name it. They just they come at you with a fucking ism. Well, come at me with all the isms you want, ladies and gentlemen. I don't give a shit. Okay. I'm gonna keep saying what I fucking believe. And you just like you don't have to listen. It's fine. But anyway, uh so. The New York Times listed five examples. Uh, her papers lifted passages verbatim from other scholars and at other times made minor adjustments like changing the word adage to a popular saying or black male children to young black athletes. So it's like the kind of shit you would do in fucking high school. <laughs> it's like you copy your friend's fucking homework and just make sure it doesn't look exactly like change a few words here and there. In one lengthy section, Dr. Gay discusses the formation of a coalition called the Unified Movement Against Racial Discrimination. She describes the expulsion of four young black athletes from the volleyball team of the, what is that yacht club? Tiet, Tiet Yacht Club? Because of their color. Three years earlier, David Coven, then professor of California State University, Sacramento, wrote about the dismissal of four black male children from the volleyball team at Tiet Yacht Club in May 1978 because of their color. <laughs> yeah, she changed uh, black male children to young black athletes. So she's even lazy when she's plagiarizing. His paper, uh, the guy that she plagiarized from, Afrocentricity in O Movimento, Negro Unificado. Are we? Where are we right now? Is this in fucking Mexico? Doesn't sound like a Mexican. David Coven? Uh, maybe Spanish or something? All right. I don't know. Uh, Dr. Gay's paper does not attribute the passage to the athletes, about the athletes to Dr. Coven, who died this year. Blah, 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 blah. Um, mm -mm. So there's one example. There's apparently four others and. 39 other, four other major ones, 39 other ones in total of 40 that we know of, not to mention retarded statements in, in public testimony. And you can just watch Harvard University bend over backwards to make excuses again, bend the rules, lower the standards. If you think any white male Harvard president would be getting away with this shit, in this, you know, white supremacy society, I think you really need to take a take a step back and and look at what's actually going on here. So this is um, this is from a Tom Woods Twitter post, but I think he's actually referencing something that Eric Weinstein said in response to because there's a bunch of people that are denying the fact that she's just this token black hire and that the only the only reason she's president of Harvard is because she's super qualified, it has nothing to do with her being a black woman and probably gay by looking at her. Um, no, no, had nothing to do with that. And then Eric Weinstein's just like, no one smart is buying this anymore. Your spell is breaking. 
Had gay fit just about any other demographic profile, her lackluster academic record would have prevented her from being considered for the role, much less selected. She was granted tenure at Stanford with four peer-reviewed articles. She has published a grand total of 11 in her entire career. Jeffrey Miller. Now, I can't tell. Is this? I'm actually confused by the writing on this. If this is Tom Woods talking now or this is Eric Weinstein because the quotes are gone. All right, so this might be back to Tom Woods because he, you know, he ran around in these circles as well. He's got all these uh, fancy Ivy League degrees and everything. Um, Jeffrey Miller, a psychology professor at the University of Mexico, writes, that's about the number you'd normally need to get hired as a first-year tenure, tenure track. Sorry. I'll read that again. Uh, that's about the number you'd normally need to get hired as a first-year tenure track assistant professor at a decent university. It's the number I published in the 12 months before I got tenure. <laughs> It's about the number that my more workaholic colleagues publish every year, decade after decade throughout their careers. And on the basis of those 11 articles, she was made president of Harvard. But rest assured, her race and gender had nothing to do with it. And again, this is without, as he points out in this post, this is without all the added complications of all the plagiarism. She plagiarized all 11 of those fucking things too, probably. At least a portion of them. I mean, if you've only published 11 fucking articles and you've got 40 instances of plagiarism, stands the reason there's at least one instance of plagiarism in each of those 11 articles, right? And aside from that, you can just see she's presiding over the downfall of all of these revered Ivy League schools. I mean, they're a fucking joke now. I, I mean, any, anybody coming out of these schools now are, are bona fide idiots. And you would think, you know, oh, the, the president of Harvard would have to be, would be able to run circles around an idiot podcaster such as myself, who just went to, you know, a, a regular old university, not, not one of these fucking Ivy League schools. But listen, listen to them talk. Uh, they're, they're idiots. They're buffoons. And of course, I mean, this is, this is what you get. This is the, this is the uh, inevitable result of affirmative action. Now I'm old enough to remember, I, I posted uh, in the Tom Woods post uh, about this because I wanted to remind myself to talk about it essentially, but I'm old enough to remember when being the first black something, right? The first black fill in the blank was, it was because you accomplished something. And not only did you accomplish it, it's because you were so fucking good at whatever it is that you do that they couldn't ignore you anymore. They couldn't just, you know, cast you off to the side. They had to actually change the fucking rules to include you. That's how fucking good you are. You raised the standards. Like Jackie fucking Robinson, right? The, the guy that crossed the color barrier in baseball, right? He wasn't just a fucking, like, a black baseball player who they decided to make the first black uh, baseball player in white leagues. That's not what happened. He was just so much better than everybody else. Like, dude, we gotta, we gotta have this guy in our league. Like, we can't, we can't ignore him. He's raising the bar. He's raising the standards. He's too fucking good. That's what it used to mean to be the first black whatever in a position. It wasn't just like, oh, the position's open. 
let's just get any fucking Joe Schmo black dude or black woman to fill it. No, no. It wasn't even necessary, necessarily an open position. Like the position existed. There was somebody else in there who was not as good. And these people took it from them because they were so much better and they raised the fucking bar. That's why it was so cool to be the first black baseball player or whatever. Now they've just, they've taken this idea and they've just completely perverted it. Right. It's like, oh, well now we're like, because we've, we've already had like the pioneers in every fucking endeavor. Right. Now it's like, oh, we have to have the first black uh, press secretary. And it's like the first black this or the first lesbian black that. It's not because they're good. It's just because we, we want to promote people now so we get cheap virtue signaling points and we fill quotas. That's America. It's a perfect metaphor for fucking America today. No more achievement. No more rewarding achievement. No more... No more respect for people that have accomplished something and recognizing their accomplishments. No, no. It's all participation trophy bullshit. It's been going on my entire life. I mean, Joe Biden came out and just said, like, my vice president's going to be a black woman. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who, who it is. It doesn't matter how qualified they are. It's just going to be a black woman or a woman of color. That takes away all the significance of it. If it's just a quota fill... Yes, you get to pat yourself on the back, Joe Biden, for being anti-racist, right? Better late than never, I suppose. Yeah. The last four years of his life, he's never been less racist. But the first, like, 50, okay. But yeah, you get these cheap virtue signaling points, and that's all that matters. Not the accomplishments, not what you do after you get the position. Lori Lightfoot's of the world come to mind. This other buffoon they got in there now. No, no, we're, we're not concerned with the results. We're not concerned with anything but the optics. And it's like, well, you know, they're <laughs> like, how dare you even insinuate that this lady is a, a Harvard professor just because she's a black woman? Well, no, no, I didn't. In, I'm not insinuating it just because she's a black woman. I'm looking at her body of work and I'm looking at her say things now. And she seems like a really dumb person. How did she get to this point? It's like, oh, well, you've been bending the rules. You've been overlooking her fucking performance. Oh, well, she, so she plagiarized a few things. Oh, that's okay. We got lower standards. They have lower standards for these people. It, it's, it's unbelievable, man. It's fucking crazy how far we've fallen as a country. This is where we're at. Butt sex on the Senate hearing floor and token hires in every important position so that we can pat ourselves on the back and, and tell, us, tell each other how great we are. Because look what we're doing for these oppressed people. It's all so goddamn disgusting, man. Ugh. And I got to say, it, it almost seems like it's all by design. I mean, if I want, like they're playing for, if I didn't know how dumb, how dumb Joe Biden and company are, I would think that they're playing 4D chess. Now, maybe there's somebody... Uh, up above them, somebody much smarter, you know, the ultimate puppet master that's pulling the strings. And this is the game of 4D chess where they take this affirmative action, diversity, equity, inclusion thing and just shove it down everybody's throat in the most irresponsible way imaginable. Like, I know there are plenty of smart, capable black people that would do a much better job running Harvard than this stupid broad. I know there'd be a much better a uh, press secretary than Karine Jean-Pierre. 
You could find a lesbian woman of color that knows how to get out a sentence. And we all know that there's got to be at least one woman of color that would be a better vice president than Kamala Harris. Kamala or Kamala? I think it's Kamala, right? What was Gavin Newsom correct? Because he said Kamala. That's Kamala. That was it. Gavin Newsom really, really putting his foot down and stepping up for the oppressed, correcting, get the vice president's name correct. It's like, yeah, I've heard it both ways. I don't know, dude. These guys, these people are so fucking phony, man. It's unbelievable. But it seems like it's by design that they're just like, yep, yeah, we're going to do this diversity, equity, inclusion thing because all of these people are col of color are clamoring for why they need more representation here and representation there. It's like, all right, we'll give you the worst representation of your group ever in every important position. And when they inevitably fuck things up beyond repair, we, we never have to revisit this issue again. I mean, how else can you explain this? How could this possibly turn out well? If your goal is to convince a bunch of white supremacists that uh, people of color are just as capable and smart and awesome as white people, but then you just start promoting mediocre, subpar, and sometimes downright embarrassing people of color to important positions, why? Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you want the cream of the crop? Why wouldn't you want Jackie Robinson? Like, no fucking white supremacist looks at Jackie Robinson and says, oh, he sucks at, sucks at baseball. No, he's got undeniable stats. Undeniable. And people, and that's what breaks the fucking barrier. When you put somebody of respect, noteworthy, worthy of other people's respect into these positions, that's how you change their fucking minds. You don't put retards up there like President Gay and Kamala, Kamala Harris, whatever her name is god damn it do, what's her do we have a nickname for her that i can just say instead of having to fumble over her name is that even really her name does she just have a regular name like cindy or something and she changed it to sound more exotic anyway um what was i saying like, uh, of course, if you were genuinely interested in changing the hearts and minds of people, you would put impressive people of color, impressive minorities, impressive homosexuals, impressive transgender people, which that's impossible. That, that just can't be done. There's not an impressive tranny out there. Um, I might be impressed at how much they can actually make themselves look like a woman or, yeah, but I'm not going to be impressed by <laughs> Anyway, um, but if if that's your goal, I think you guys understand what I'm saying here. You would try to put the best people out there who are actually going to be able to change people's minds, not reaffirm all of their predisposed biases. <laughs> like every fucking stereotype just gets reinforced when you do this sort of thing. If you thought black people were inferior, they're not as smart as white people, all that stuff. Well, here you go. Here's here's President Gay of Harvard. Her entire life's work is lapped by a regular tenured, uh, first-year track tenured professor at a mediocre university. He's just lapping her. These other guys that are actually distinguished do her entire life's work in a year. And they're not even really trying. Year after year after year. And they don't have to plagiarize to get it done. It's just like you're literally reinforcing every single fucking stereotype. So do they really want to solve these problems? I guess is what you have to ask yourself. It goes back to the whole gay thing, too. It's like as soon as we accepted them as gay, it's like, all right, but now, now you have to watch us have fucking ass sex on the Senate hearing floor. 
And it's like, wow, dude, that's that's a little too far. Not into that. <laughs> God damn it, dude. God damn it. What a time to be alive, man. Okay. So speaking of uh butt sex and everything, the the uh, the biggest story, I think, is that the they're going to release 170 plus Epstein is it client lists or is it associates? I've seen it both I've seen it worded both ways and it makes a big fucking difference, dude. It makes a very big difference. If, if it's like people on the fucking client list or people that were just like loosely associated with him did like a business deal or something or like rubbed elbows with him and whatever. But that's apparently going to drop in early 2024. This judge um, has has said the the names need to be released. So uh, that judge, uh, what's her name? Uh, I should have her name. Ah, shit. Um, well, I don't have it up in front of me. So she has um, decided that they're going to release this. And of course, as soon as that, and this is where I was talking about all the distraction, right? As soon as that story breaks, then it's like, okay, we're taking, I think, you know, the timing of it, maybe one happens before the other, but it's, that story breaks. Donald Trump has taken off the ballot in, in Colorado. Uh, the gay butt sex thing, I think, preempted most of it, all of it. So that kind of took took this fucking sting out of out of some of this stuff. And it's just, man. There and then, of course, the Hunter Hunter Biden uh, uh, Hunter Biden was indicted like on Friday or some Thursday or Friday. Of course, as soon as that happens, all these other stories break, and. It's just a massive distraction campaign from that, from this Epstein Island thing. I think those are the two main ones. Like, there's every time something with Hunter Biden happens, they do something to Donald Trump 100% of the time, like every single time you can track it. There's like little graphs and shit that will show you the dates of everything. And yeah, Hunter Biden gets indicted. And then, of course, Donald Trump has taken off the ballot. So now we have something completely different to talk about. And then while all that stuff's going on, oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to drop that Epstein client list. Fucking like, how long has it been, dude, since the Epstein? Was that 2020 was the Epstein stuff or was it before 2020? I can't even remember. It's been years, man. It's been fucking years. And they're finally unsealing, again, part of the list, I think. I don't even think it's the whole thing. Why isn't it the whole thing? I don't know. You're going to read into that whatever you want, but at least, yeah, I wonder, I think if we can see who is on, who's the ones that are being released, that might tell you why it's only part of the list. Like if it's only a certain group of people that are on this list, then it's like, all right, that's why they only release part of it. So the, the Donald Trump thing is kind of interesting. I mean, I don't know what sort of a chance he would have had to win Colorado anyway. And we'll see what happens. What's going to be interesting is the the Supreme Court ruling. Not because I I don't I don't think the Supreme Court would uphold it, but it's kind of a weird dynamic here where the Supreme Court is going to be telling a state who they can put on their ballot, and I don't think the state should go for that. <laughs> I honestly don't. I think they should probably secede. If you don't get to decide who you want on the ballot in your state to run for the president and the federal government can stop you from putting people on or, or force you to take people off and, and things like that, I wouldn't want to put up with that if I was a state. 
but it's clearly ridiculous and I don't want to rehash. You can go back. Like I said, you can go back and, and listen to the, the episode where we talked about the 14th. I think we read passages from it. So it, it, it just doesn't apply here. It's more just like retarded leftist um, reading their own interpretation into a document again, which just makes the whole document. If it's open to interpretation and it's, then it's fucking, you know, and it changes with the times and it's just void for vagueness. It's, it's a meaningless piece of paper, which essentially it is anyway, because nobody follows the constitution. Uh, nobody, nobody, nobody ever fucking follows the con. Everything the government does is unconstitutional. So I don't know why this would be anything different. Um, but yeah, like I said, they've, they've impeached him twice. They've indicted him four times and charged him with 91 different things, I think, or something like that. Just round it up to 100 because I'm sure it'll get there eventually. Of course, none of that worked. So now the, the Colorado Supreme Court has ruled that they're removing him from the ballot in 2024. And this is, again, just the irony here that this is to save, like, these are the people that want to save democracy. Somehow democracy is only sacred if you ensure you get the outcome that you need, that you want. You can't allow democracy to actually function because you might get something that you don't want. So we need to prevent that. We need to just take this option off the board so people can't choose it. It really is just fucking great. You know, I was I was saying, you know, the, where's George Bush when you need him? Right? We have to abandon democratic principles to save the democratic system. This is literally the exact same idiotic talking points where democracy is only, you know, Donald Trump is the biggest threat to democracy. In order to save democracy, we have to remove him from the ballot so that people can't democratically vote for him i again dude just try to try to make sense of of this this nonsense it should be troubling it should be troubling that you can their their corruption is on full display and these are the people that are trying to tell you with a straight face that they didn't rig the last election meanwhile they've essentially rendered this election meaningless if trump is is taken off that ballot they've they've now rigged this election 100 percent they're he hasn't been charged with anything that they're accusing him that they're using as a, a, a justification for taking him off. Like I said, he hasn't been charged with insurrection, let alone convicted. He hasn't led a coup, hasn't been charged with leading a coup, nothing of, of the sort. And believe me, if Donald Trump was going to lead an insurrection, it would be the biggest, most tremendous insurrection you've ever had. There'd be more than like one person there with uh, zip ties and a knife or something. It'd be a he very heavily armed, well-prepared, tremendous, beautiful army. We all know this. So, yeah, absolutely ridiculous that they, they have the fucking balls to do this and they think other states will follow. And other states probably will. I wouldn't be surprised. But, I mean, that's it. You know, th that's the, the country's over. So just secede. And like I said, if if the Supreme Court, federal Supreme Court overturns this and, and Colorado's on hat, they should secede. You should be allowed to secede. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, we all need to fucking just break this thing up anyway. And it just it's so funny to me how the these are the people, right? The, the ones that are, are so against secession. 
and we kind of talked a little bit about it again. I think it was on last Friday's show, but it might, it was sometime last week about uh, Texas getting secession up on the ballot for a vote. Um, how how so many people come out against it, right? In the land of the free, the home of the brave, uh, the home of the brave. Like apparently, bravery is just uh, bending it over and taking it up the ass, and freedom is um, you're not free to leave. Apparently, if you don't like the circumstances. These, again, are the same people that will tell me when I say I don't want to fucking pay taxes because it's theft and I don't I see the government as illegitimate as a fucking mafia monopoly on force. <laughs> They'll tell, well, if you don't like it, you're free to leave. <laughs> right? Oh, the free to leave crowds has entered the chat. OK, OK. But what if the state doesn't like being part of the union? Are they free to leave? No, no, they can't leave. Can't leave. That's illegal. Well, it doesn't sound very free now, does it? I mean, what, what every state should be able to come in and out of the union as they please. Well, maybe not in, but out of the union, yes. If you're already in it, you should be able to leave whenever the fuck you want. And I'm pretty sure that was like part of the fucking deal when they first came up with this stuff. I mean, the, the entire country, the, the, the actual union that they're so intent upon up, about upholding was based on secession. So how could you be against secession now? Like, we seceded from the British. That was the point. We didn't like their rule. We saw it as illegitimate. So we seceded, created our own country. Texas seceded from Mexico to join the U.S. And they, I, I'm pretty sure they said, like, you know what? We're going to, you know, we're going to leave. We're going to leave Mexico. We're going to come join the U.S., but we don't like it. We reserve the right to leave. They declared their independence from Mexico in like 1830 something, right? So again, like if you can't like if you can't declare independence, are you really free? And once you do declare independence and you decide that you're gonna join somebody else's crew, be like, hey, I just I just declared independence. We we're fighting this we have this revolution going against Mexico. We're gonna join we're going to join the U.S., but it's like clearly you're just coming out of a bad relationship, right? You've decided to leave. You're going to give yourself some protections when you get into the new relationship. And of course, like what state wouldn't want that right to be reserved? If you start, if you start violating the, the Constitution that you swore an oath to uphold and defend and we created you, you got your power derived from us, why would we stay in this arrangement if we're not happy with it? Of course, we should be free to leave. Everybody should be free to leave. That's what freedom is. You can't be like, oh, you're free to leave, except, and as an individual, you're free to leave, except that you can't. And I know I've been over that a million times. They'll charge you a bunch, you know, a thousand different fucking fines and to get the paperwork and everything like that and all these taxes. So it's not free to leave. But in theory, you could go and nobody would stop you as long as you complied with all their uh, ridiculous rules and everything. Um, as far as the states are concerned, why aren't they free to leave? Well, I guess the only argument you could make is, you know, something in regards to the amount of debt that the, the nation has racked up and their portion of it. So maybe they have to pay their portion or take on their portion of the national debt or something like that. Okay. Uh, small price to pay. But it is, it's just, I don't know how these people, I don't know how you function. Like, how do you get through life with this level of fucking disconnect? Where it's like, 
yes, democracy, it's sacred. It's, it's the most important thing we have as a civilization. And in order to protect it, we must ensure that this previously demo democratically elected candidate is not on the ballot. Otherwise, people will vote for him. Otherwise, people will execute, will exercise their democratic rights and, and possibly vote for him. And we can't have that because democracy is too important. And it's like, all right, well, if, if you do that, then we're going to secede from the union. We don't want to be a part of this country anymore. It's fucking ridiculous. Oh, you can't do that. You can't leave. The, the, and this is the free country, the free country where you're not allowed to leave. So it's a fucking prison. It's just essentially, it's just like a prison. I mean, I've been joking about this for years and I'm, I mean, I say joking, but I, I'm 100% serious. We're all, we've all been enslaved. They always talk about how the, you know, uh, Lincoln freed the slaves or whatever. Uh, nothing could be further from the truth. We all just join them on one big fucking plantation. We are all fucking slaves to the federal government. And if they don't let fucking states secede now in, in the wake, if, if this thing with Colorado holds, um, if this doesn't get overturned, and um, he's taken off the ballot there. I know there's, you know, the uh, the Republicans were talking about like going into a caucus form or whatever, so that that would negate all of this stuff. It's like, all right, yeah, whatever. But like, it's it's kind of beside the point. And if this is going to be a country of uh, built on freedom, then you have to be able free to leave. <laughs> if it was so good, nobody would want to leave. You wouldn't have to force people to fucking stay. It's unbelievable, man. Uh, it's just, I, I don't know how the, you know, if you don't like it, you can leave crowd is also simultaneously staunchly against secession and the democracy is so important crowd is so against allowing people to vote for Donald Trump. I understand when you're on, when you're not on the, um, the lion's share of democracy, it sucks. And so instead of like reevaluating their reverence for democracy, they just, you know, they abandon democratic principles to save democracy. It's like maybe democracy is not worth saving if it can produce you a Donald Trump twice. Maybe you should rethink the virtues of democracy. Anyway, uh, I'm coming up on time. I'm going to wrap here, you guys. So I probably won't talk to you again until the new year or maybe just before the new year. We might do one on like December 30, 29th or something, December 30th. We'll see. Kind of play things by ear. We're going to take a much needed break here for the holidays, go spend some time with some family. I was reminded of the anniversary. It's been two years now, I guess, since the White House <laughs> wished the un the unvaccinated the merry little death wish, right? Uh, we're intent on not letting Omicron disrupt work and school for the vaccinated. You've done the right thing and we will get you through this. This is from the White House, whitehouse.gov. For the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death for yourselves, your family, and the hospitals you may soon overwhelm. So with that being said, you all enjoy your, ho your holidays. Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. And until next time, which I don't know when that will be, you guys know what to do. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction.